Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Let me get into the word. I, I want to talk about something that I believe is going to bring peace into your home. Okay, I, I believe that God wants to bring peace. God wants to bring life. God wants to bring joy into your life, into your circumstance, into your situation. Let me start off by reading this first, and we'll jump into it. Uh, the last few days of our one-year Bible reading plan, we've been in the book of Isaiah, and starting in chapter 28, and we're, we're still going right now, but I every every chapter, I was like, oh, man, this is powerful. I had to preach on this. And then it was like the next day and the next chapter, I was like, ah, this one too, you know, and I just felt like God was building something. So I'm, I'm stoked to kind of preach around these few chapters because I believe a theme sort of began to rise up from it. But Isaiah 30, 10, it kind of will jump ahead and then we'll come back a little bit. It says this, the prophet Isaiah is, is bringing a word of correction and kind of revealing what the people are doing. And he says, they say to the seers, see no more visions. I don't recommend that. I don't recommend saying that. And to the prophets, give us no more visions of what is right. Tell us pleasant things. Prophesy illusions. Wait a second. Is this a headline from 2020? Or is this, is this a thousands of year old document that is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. The Word of God is still relevant to today. There's something unique about the Bible. I don't know if you've noticed this. This isn't the kind of book you put on your audible to-do list, you check it off and never come back to it. This is the type of book that you could read every day for the rest of your life. And every day you're going to be like, wow, this feels different. There's something new on it this year. I Every single year I go through, I, for 10 plus years now, I've been reading it, uh, the whole Bible through every year. I love that. And every single year, I'm never like, man, I've already read this story. This is so lame. Why, why, why do I have to come back here again? No. God gives me fresh revelation, something new every single year. I want to encourage you guys, keep coming back to the Word consistently. But in this situation, he's saying, listen, you guys are telling the prophets and the seers, we don't want you to see anymore. We don't want you to tell us what to do anymore. We just want you to tell us good things and prophesy illusions. An illusion will entertain you, but it can't help you, right? It's not real. It's a facade. They want you. They, you know, we live in a culture right now that's basically asking for this. They don't want the truth. They can't handle the truth, right? I want illusions. I want something that I can escape into, but it actually isn't helpful to me, right? So I'm going to preach a message called Illusions. And, and right now we have uh, an, an hour again where people just want to uh, hear something that they already are doing or to affirm choices that they're making. 2 Timothy 4.3 says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Right? 
So the, the challenge always, if we're going to try to live for God, the challenge is that we can't do what both of these passages are trying to say. In the first passage in Isaiah, they, they, they are trying to tell the prophets what they want to hear. Versus saying, God, what do you want to tell me? Right? Same thing in, in 2 Timothy. They gather around the teachers who will say what their itching ears want to hear. Right? And a lot of times when God is wanting to speak, our goal is not to tell God, right? To tell God what we want to hear. We need to say, God, what do you want to say to me? Right? Because I want to hear God's word. I want to be in alignment with God's ways. I want to know his truth. But in, in these few chapters, we begin to see that God is trying to tell them something, and he's sending the prophet Isaiah to call them back to the path, to call them back to truth. And oftentimes throughout the scriptures, whenever God's people would stray from what is right, then he would send some prophets, right? And God is always going to try to send a prophet into your world to give you a word to say, hey, you're off track, get back to the path that I have for you. God's always going to use that prophetic voice. And so I feel like in this last era, this last five years, hasn't there been a rise of kind of the prophetic voice going into the world right now? Why? Because God is trying to send messages, not only to America, but around the world. Hey, we're off the path. Get back to the path that I have for you. Return to what I have. And us as humans can have a tendency to go the wrong way, right? And throughout these couple chapters, God is basically saying to his people, you're going the wrong way. Get back. You're going the wrong way. And going the wrong way in this case, which I'll kind of unpack, is sort of twofold in that. In one sense, it's going the wrong way is in the wrong direction. Like they need to turn and come back to what God has said. And the other way is that they're going about it the wrong way. So it's where you're going, but it's also how you're going about it that God is wanting to, is challenging them and speaking to them, saying, listen, you're, you're off track. You're going the wrong way. It's time to... Get back to what I have for you. So let me let me read Isaiah 28, verse 14 says this. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers who rule this people in Jerusalem. Again, sounds like our hour, okay? You boast, we have entered into a covenant with death, with the realm of the dead, and we have made an agreement. Again, this literally feels like our government. Okay, so when an overwhelming scourge sweeps by, it cannot touch us, for we have made a lie our refuge and falsehood our hiding place. Man, what a statement. Well, what a powerful visual that is being brought up here. It's going, listen, you have again run to the wrong place. You are trying to run to a lie to shelter you. You're trying to run to an illusion to cover you. But the truth is an illusion entertains, but it can't cover. It cannot protect you like you want. And the world is shoving as many lies as it possibly can towards us. And if we take them and say, listen, this lie is going to shelter you. This ideology, this concept is going to help you, love you, protect you, cover you. But it cannot meet the standard that it suggests. See, when... when 
We take on a lie that's an illusion. It's a little bit like the enemy handing us something to cover us, but the covering looks more like this. <laughs> right? When, when you first saw it up here, it didn't necessarily look like a broken umbrella, and that's how the enemy works. He says to Adam and Eve, hey, you're not going to die. You're going to be like God. Eat the fruit. It's going to be good. No worries, right? But it becomes an illusion. It becomes a false reality that cannot actually help us. Right, we have a culture right now that's constantly trying to feed us lies. Let's think about relationships, maybe for a second. One of the lies that appears like it's going to cover you but doesn't work is in the area of dating and relationships. Right, the whole lie. Hey, why don't you try out the car before you buy it? Metaphor for a relationship that seems like, hey, this is going to protect me. It's like getting insurance on a rental. I can drive it crazy and return it, and there's no problem. I got a little bit more intense than I anticipated. Uh, that illustration went off the deep end for a second. Uh, that might have been a word. That might have been a word for somebody. Uh, but when we, when we operate life like that, the enemy is going to try to go, yeah, hey, great, just test drive it, test drive it. So this, is, this is a way to keep you safe. But the truth is, God saves sex for marriage, that the marriage bed is to be kept pure. We are not designed to be sleeping around, playing around, running around before marriage or during marriage, right? Just within marriage. I think you guys understand how that works. And uh, <laughs> um, so the... The reality is, though, the lie that if you test it, then it'll be better is a lie. It's, it's like this umbrella. It seems like it's going to protect you, but statistically, people who live together before they're married, the marriages don't last, right? Because it's actually you're playing with fire that you're not, you have no fireplace for, right? The commitment of marriage provides the fireplace for the fire, right? And so following God's word will actually create a covering. Otherwise, this keeps me uncovered. It's a facade of covering, but it's not really helpful, right? So there's a lot of things like that in our world right now where it, it, it's a lie that gets fed to us, but it's not actually going to cover us, right? So they, lun they run to a lie for refuge, and, and our culture right now, and maybe even many of us in this room, there could be moments where we have run to things thinking it would satisfy, thinking it would help, thinking it would heal, thinking it's going to take care of us, thinking it's going to, uh, you know, alleviate some type of pain in our life. And at the end of the day, it's left us as broken as it did before because it doesn't have the ability to actually protect like it promises. A little bit like Scotchgard to waterproof your tent when you go camping. It's a lie, okay? <laughs> you will get wet, okay? I'm just going to tell you that. You spray 100 layers, that thing's a lie, okay? So there are things that are not going to help us, but it could be sold to us uh, culturally, right? Right? 
The idea that you don't have to work for things, right? We're just giving it to you for free. That sounds great. That's like this. <laughs> the Bible actually speaks pretty differently about giving stuff for free. It actually talks about diligence and hard work and work ethic. So a culture where everything is being given to people for free, it sounds like it would be helpful, but it actually won't, right? The Bible does teach business owners to not harvest all the way to the edge of their field, but to leave a margin so that you can help the poor and those who are less privileged. It is actually a biblical thing for us as business people to find ways to create opportunities for those who need financial help to work for what you give them, right? So at the end of the day, it's still not about, hey, work a lot, make a lot of money so you can just start giving away money for free to people. That's, that's not the biblical model. The, the biblical model is that you provide an opportunity for those who need help to be able to work and then be able, because not, here's again, th this is why it's a facade. Handouts are a facade because they don't understand purpose and value. And work provides purpose. Purpose provides meaning, right? This is how God designed us. So if we shortcut the process of somebody working and giving themselves to a cause and giving themselves to work and develop, you actually you shortcut the most important elements of somebody's life thriving is not just your next free meal. That's great if they need an emergency free meal, but long term, you got to think about how to help somebody forward, right? So I always got to be thinking about that. The, the lie of the free handouts and... Uh, Oh, bless God, the, the, uh, all the college loans. Um, but it, it sounds like a good idea, but it's not going to help, okay? So here's what the end of that verse says, verse 16, or those few verses I was reading. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion. He begins to prophesy about Jesus. A tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. Now, that's a promise, that I would grab onto, right? Because God, even though the lies cannot cover, but the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth in God's word, has an ability to create a sure foundation that not only provides foundation, but also the Bible talks about you hide me in the, the cleft of the rock, like under the shadow of your wing. God has an ability to cover and protect and hide you and, and keep you where he needs you to protect you from the elements, but that is going to be found in the truth of God's word, which sometimes isn't always what we want to hear, but is the word of God. And when we allow the word of God into our life, that will be what can cover us. That will be what can transform us. Amen. But a lie cannot cover, right? A lie requires actually that you cover it, right? A truth covers you, but a lie makes you have to cover for it right? We constantly live in that space where we're covering for, and we're covering for the lie, and there's got to be another lie on the next lie. And that's one of the challenges, and you'll notice that in culture, whenever the latest politician or the latest narrative or the latest news cycle, they spit you one lie, and then they got to tell another lie to cover up for the last lie, because the first lie didn't really cover like they said it would, right? And so it's not really helping. It's not really supporting. It's not really, help, uh, you know, providing the coverage that we need, right? So we want to be able to run to 
the rock that is Jesus Christ. We want to go to the truth that his word provides, the covering that his word provides in our life. So, so first, we, we got to make sure we stop running to the wrong things, running to the world for help, running to the world for answers. This is a little side note, and the same thing when it comes to, let's say, counseling, coaching. I love counseling. Uh, coaches and counselors and all that. We need those. They're very helpful. Many of you guys maybe in this room operate in that gifting. That's great. So I want to just encourage if you're in a space where you need business coaching, personal coaching, family coaching, marriage coaching, whatever you need, run to people who are proven believers and have God's wisdom in their life, right? Some people train wreck their life going to a counselor that has no no true wisdom that they can draw from, right? So where are we going to go to? we got to run to the right places, run to the right voices to be able to provide wisdom for us and ultimately running to Jesus. So not only just where do we run, but how are we running? Because the truth is, I think a lot of people are stressed out, burnt out, uh, panicked, like that verse said. I think there's been a lot of that in these last few years. A lot of overwhelmed, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of things that have sabotaged and sapped our strength, or even just getting tired, just getting weary. Um, Isaiah 30, 15 begins to teach us kind of how to run. So he's challenged, he's corrected, he's kind of confronted his people for a bit, but he's gone, but this is, this is how it should happen. Stop running to the wrong things. Run to me, and, and, and here's how it is. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. The Holy One of Israel says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In repentance and rest is your salvation. So you're looking for help, you're looking for an escape, you're looking for an answer, and God said, listen, repentance and rest. Now, repentance, usually we disassociate, we just, we just associate that with maybe salvation, like, okay, I'm not a Christian, now I'm a Christian, I repent of my sins, absolutely, that's a, that's a big part of it. But repentance in the sense of constantly being in a state of repenting from, man, I've been doing things my own way. I've got to repent, which means to turn and go the opposite direction or return and go home. I heard somebody preach one time about the prodigal story. That that's like a real, it's a, it's a story of repentance because the wayward son turns and comes home to the father. That's really what repentance is, is coming home to the father, right? So you turn and come back home and... And But there's a lot of things where we try to do things in our own strength. We're trying to do things in our own wisdom, in our own knowledge and understanding. And God's saying, listen, I want you to repent. I want you to live in a state of understanding that I am the authority. I have a word that's words of life. I can cover you with truth. Stop trying to make it happen in your own strength, in your own ability, in your own confidence, in, in your in, in just in and of yourself. God's saying, listen, come to me. Turn from the world and come back to looking for wisdom from me. Turn, you know, stop going to, you know, the tarot cards and the horoscopes and, you know, Panda Express fortune cookies, right? For a word from the Lord, right? Oh, man. Listen, how many know God can speak through a fortune cookie? Come on, somebody. 
Every time I open one, I say, Jesus, do what only you can do. You know, it's like you will make great friends. Amen. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking that to me. A new business venture is coming your way. Wow. We got a junior hire just writing these up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nice work. Um, but we can run to everything else, right, for a word, right? Uh, rather than repenting, turning to God. I, the direction you're going, if something's not working, stop just charging headlong that way. Turn, repent, right? Come back to God's word. Come back to his truth, right? Man, holding grudges and unforgiveness, not working. Turn back to forgiveness, right? Um, th th there's something about uh, our ability to to remember God's word, turn back to it, repent, and rest. Rest in his word. Rest in his promises. Rest in his truth. Right? We were talking earlier about giving. We're, we're talking about bringing your tithe. That's your first 10%. Well, sometimes we're anxious and we are running in a way that's wearing ourselves out. And you might think counterintuitive to start taking part of that money that you feel like is a challenge to give and setting it aside to give to God. But when you do that, what you're doing is you are resting in his promises. So your salvation is going to found is going to be found in resting in what God has said. Stop fighting with what God has said. Stop resisting what God has said and begin to embrace it, begin to grab onto it, begin to rest in his word, right? Begin to rest in the promises of God. So in repentance and rest, right, is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. In quietness and trust, two things that are not easy for most people, <laughs> quietness. Some love quietness. Let's, let's take a little poll. Who likes quiet versus who likes talking and noise? We'll go quiet first. Who likes the quietness? You're like, okay, wow. You guys are fun. Um, who likes noise and talking? Hell, I knew that would happen. I knew that would happen. How many of you guys who just went wild? That's my people. Let's all go to a pizza port afterward. Come on, somebody. The rest of you guys can go home and take a nap. Come on. like That sounds lame. Come hang out with the fun people. Um, how many have a hard time driving in a car with it being quiet? Come on, somebody. You're like five seconds there. It's like, so, okay, it's like, you know, you don't have to talk, I guess. Theoretically, you don't have to talk all the time in a vehicle. You can just awkwardly drive together. You know what I mean? It's, it's weird. Uh, actually, my wife doesn't not talk in cars because she knows she has a captive audience. So she likes chill and quiet and peace. But in the car, if I'm like, hey, let's listen to some music. Why would you sabotage our moment to have an undivided attention conversation? I was like, oh, I just, I just, you know, I just thought we'd, you know, worship. And... Uh, 
No, you shut that up. Same thing with like flying an airplane. Uh, if I'm by myself, man, I'm working on airplanes. I'm getting stuff done. I'm writing three books on an airplane. And I remember the first time I fly with Kate, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work while we fly. And she was like, you hate me. You literally don't like me. You have three hours of just sitting by me and you're going to work. So we've worked on it. We worked on it. So now I just know if I'm flying with my wife or my kids, I'm doing nothing productive. You know what I mean? Except, except building our relationship. Right? You got, hey, you guys jumped on that way too fast. Wow. This is, this is harsh. This is a harsh environment. Got to be quick. Actually, we just tell people love you more than me. That's what's happening right now. They're like, don't you talk about Katie. People have your back. People will ninja you. Yeah, cherished ladies, unite. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Where was I? Josiah's up here, just one of the legends of the Baja Mexico mission trip, doing work down there over the week. Thank you. Um, in quietness and trust, right? We got to wait for the deliverance of the Lord. We got to trust God. We got to rest in his strength. We got to rest in his promises. I need to learn how to position myself in a place where I've come face to face with God's truth. And I'm not going to freak out when something doesn't work as fast as I want, when I want, exactly how I want. I need to learn how to trust God. I learn how to trust God. I learn how to walk in the valley of the shadow of death and still not fear evil, right? A lot of us are like, oh man, I identify with David. The yea that walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And then you just kind of stop there. <laughs> man, we're in some valleys, man. We're in some shadows. Right? It's like, there's another part of that verse. I will fear no evil. Right? Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, I'll, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Right? There's a trust factor. What, what, God is constantly always trying to do throughout the Old Testament as people get off track and then back on track and back off track. It's like, hey, I'm with you. I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. I got you. Stop running to every other false solution for hope. Stop chasing all these other things. They won't work. They won't help. If, if you read through the Old Testament, one of the craziest things is when God says, hey, we're going to judge this nation because they're extreme depravity and evil and sin, and I'm going to give this land to my people. And then God says, hey, you can have the land, but don't adopt their practices. That's why I allowed you to take them over. And they go, okay, got it. And the next thing you know, they're like, they adopted the practices of the land. It's like, what is going on? You literally did the exact opposite of what I told you to do. We live in the world, but we cannot be of the world, right? This world's philosophies will not protect. They will not cover. They do not heal. They do not help. They cannot restore, right? 
Only God's word does that. Only God's truth provides a covering, right? I just got a chance to be at the live action um, awards gala, which is, if you're not familiar with live action, definitely follow them on social media, but they're one of the top influencers in the pro-life movement and conversation. And it was just a privilege to be in the room with such champions of life. And in that kind of a setting, you just realize, wow, the lie that the world is trying to tell us about us being not valuable, being a clump of cells, being not worth fighting for, could not be the opposite. That whole like, hey, you don't really have a God you have to answer to. Your body is just, you know, it's an accident anyways. No one should control you. You do whatever you want. You don't got to submit to anybody. You are free. You choose how to live, choose what to do or not do with that fetus or whatever. It, it can apply to a lot of areas of life because it's more, it's a broader statement that you're an accident, that you're a random collision that you don't have a creator. Well, that philosophy sounds great because you don't got anybody you got to answer to. You do what you want, when you want, how you want. Well, guess what? That lie does not really cover. It sounds like a good idea, but most people with that philosophy end in depression and suicide or on their deathbed, they recant their entire life's work because they realize that didn't work. I, I, I was so desperate to not have to answer to anybody. It actually destroyed me. God loves us. He loves us. In quietness and trust is your strength. Let me finish these verses. They're really powerful. In verse 16, you said, no, we will flee on, on, on horses. This is talking about their strength, right? Therefore, you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five, you will all flee away till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. In verse 18, I love this. It just showcases God's heart towards you, God's purpose towards you, what he wants to do. It says, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up and show you compassion for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. I, I, I can imagine it, it being like we are withholding the goodness of God. We are keeping God at bay by not surrendering to his truth. And he's like, man, you are, you're underneath a false covering. It's not really helping you. But if you would just, man, if you just let me be your covering, I long to be gracious to you. I long to show you mercy and truth and peace in a way that will transform your life. That's the heart of God. He wants to bring peace to your situation. He wants to bring grace to your situation. You don't have to live in anxiety. You don't have to live underneath kind of the, the, the false promises of making a lie your refuge. But with God, we can find peace and strength and joy and rest God wants you to walk in, in rest today. That doesn't mean you don't got hard work to do. That doesn't mean we don't got mission, right? To build, to take territory, to take dominion like our mandate is. But there should be rest in the battle, right? If, if there's not, 
then we gotta we gotta go back to trusting God. We gotta go back to His His word. Amen. Once you stand with me to your feet, I want to pray um, with you guys. If you would say, "Man, that, this is a message for me. I, I need rest. Maybe there's been some weariness. Maybe there's been." Uh, some things coming at you that have been kind of robbing your joy a bit. And you say, man, I need that in my life. Would you just lift up your hand? Let me know who I'm praying with this morning. There's a lot of us. Would you just make your way out of your seat and come down here to the front? I just want to pray with you guys and, and uh, just take that step out. Come on down and let's begin to just worship. Let's just come and lean in and, and allow the Holy Spirit to just minister life to us. You know, I love these altar moments. You know, I love coming to this place. Now, I would say like I grew up on the altar because literally when I was young, I would come to the altar a lot, but also the altar grew me up. You know what I mean? Because when I'm going through something and I need peace, then I'm going to come to this moment. You know, I, I need grace. I need healing. I need restoration. I need transformation in my life. And I'm going to come and find rest and peace. So above anything else that I want to see happen right now <laughs> in your life is I want to see burdens lifted and I want to see peace begin to come. Where you've been striving, maybe in home, in marriage, in relationships, in business, in friendships, in your health, I want to just see peace come. I want to see grace come. And God to begin to speak. We're going to worship a little bit as well. We, we will just take a few more minutes and we're going to head out. Um, enjoy our rest of our afternoon, but I just want to take these moments here because I feel like God wants to breathe life. God wants to bring freedom into your situation. And that's what I just felt this morning and last night as I was praying, especially just felt like, and the peace of God, the peace of God, the grace of God over your lives and every situation. So right now I just declare freedom and healing and joy, God, and repentance and trust, repentance God, and rest is our salvation. God, we look to you. We ask that you would provide healing. We ask, God, that you provide grace. We ask, God, that you begin to minister life and healing right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord, for that. And I believe God's, God's about to, I'm going to prophesy a little bit here as well. But I just want to remind you how good God is to speak to us. A couple Wednesday nights ago on the Freedom Night when I was, I was preaching before, I, I was praying and I was like, God, show me something. I don't know if you guys were there, but I had talked about real briefly, like, hey, I see somebody who's in the military, or I saw a turtle with a military hat on. It was like a really weird vision, but I was like, I'm kind of used to like, God showing me random stuff like that. So I stepped out, but only like partially. I was like, yeah, I feel like military, but like a call sign, maybe it was turtle. And I was like, man, that's a, that's a, specific thing feels like a bit of a stretch so I had about like half a percent of faith to be honest like enough to just like say it verbally and I was just like hey you know military call sign turtle I looked for like and I was like I don't see nobody so I just moved on I just began to pray pray for our military pray and I feel like God began to show me kind of a word related to why the hard hat, why military, this whole thing. Well, then later on, someone was like, hey, that was me. I was like, wait, are you kidding me? Like, what? Uh, and they're like, yeah, he was a 20-year retired vet, and his, his call sign in high school was Turtle. 
that, or that was like his nickname. That's what he was called. I never knew that. I knew this person. And it just shows that God's able to kind of even use our work in us in our unbelief because I, if I had known who I was prophesying over because I knew that person, that word I gave would have been too specific. It would have felt like I was just telling him what I know and reading into something. And instead, I had no clue who I was talking to, but God began to minister. So God is speaking to us, and God speaks to you guys. Every week at Men's Prayer, you guys are prophesying. I get all kinds of amazing words from you guys as we pray together. And same thing at Women's Prayer, I know. And God's going to speak this morning. I say that to say He knows your address. He knows where you're at. He knows your current situation. He's bringing peace right now. Just lift up your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for peace. Father, let peace flow right now. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your power. Thank you, God, that he, he just sees you. You know, it's I, what, what I'm what I'm seeing that God is showing me is almost like a little kid that's like on the outside of some house looking on the inside, like hanging on by just the fingers, like peering into a house, almost like, man, wishing they could be in there, wanting to be in there. And it's almost like there's been areas where you felt like, man, I if I only this and I wish that and man, man could God really do that in my life? Could that really be? And, and like, almost like you felt like outside looking in or like, I don't know if those promises. They work for other people, but maybe not for me. But I just see God bringing peace and saying, hey, come on inside, actually. You don't have to stay out there anymore. I see just God's grace and God's goodness in the name of Jesus. I pray for life, life to the full, your mercy, your peace, your grace in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You're so good. Thank you for my friend. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your goodness on his life. I pray for mercy to flow. I thank you, Lord, for grace to flow. I thank you, Lord, that he's finding rest in you. Rest in you. Rest in you. I see God. It's almost like a bone was broken. God has reset it. And bones that get reset right, they are stronger than before. And I just see that strength. God is resetting some things, putting things back together and restoring you to full strength and then some. God never wastes a hurt. And God never, you know, just kind of bypasses something we have to walk through. God is giving you strength and power in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for that. That breakthrough on his life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you're good. You're faithful. You're faithful, God. You're faithful, God. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.